Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to Church Boy Confessions. I'm your host, Emmanuel Heke. I mean, we've been doing this for a long time now. You know what I'm saying? Um, but of course, I have to introduce myself just in case you're a new listener. Maybe it's your first time listening, whether it's your first time listening or not your first time listening. Thank you so much for actually giving me a chance to waste 25 minutes of your life. Second plan. Um, no, thank you for actually sacrificing what 20 to 25 minutes of your life um, to actually hearing what God has to say really through me. Um, I really don't have a lot of small talk today. Um, I normally start to show up with small talk and how my week's gone and all that different stuff. And it, and it was cool and all, but uh, I kind of want to just get straight into it because I think that there's a lot to cover in this episode. Um, I'm not exactly sure if we're going to go over time, but I just know there's a lot that I want to cover and I'm going to take my time in this just because like it's a lot and I want to make sure it's all very simple, break it down as much as I can so you understand it. So what do I want to talk about today? It's um, a topic we've brushed upon multiple times. Um, I think this is really kind of like a second part. I wouldn't say it's a second part, but it alludes to episode nine being the criteria. If you're on Apple Apple Podcasts, I pretty much say it every episode. It's kind of like off, like the number count of episodes is kind of off on uh, Apple Podcasts. If anybody knows how to fix that, please let me know. Um, but besides that, like what I'm talking about... Uh, relates to episode nine called the criteria and if you want to go back and listen to that come back we'll wait for you um and in that episode i talked about how you know we go throughout life subliminally having this list of criteria that the enemy has given us and that criteria teaches us that we can't be us until we fill out all of the stipulations on that list um, and then I gave an example about my life and how I would live my life according to the criteria. And I couldn't be male till I got a certain amount of likes on Instagram, until I got X, Y, and Z girls to actually like me, until everybody perceived me to be somebody better than the average person. And I couldn't be manual until I actually fulfilled this list of criteria. Um, and I thought that, you know, it would be a really good time because it's still something that I am working through because God is revealing more about me to me every day. Um, and one thing that I really want to talk about today that relates to that is how we continually, every day, subliminally, without even really knowing, look to prove ourselves to other people, prove ourselves to society, prove ourselves to the people around us. This could be your best friend. This could be your worst enemy. We spend a lot of our lives proving ourselves to other people. Two things I want you to get out of this episode, and we're going to cut right to the chase. I normally say this stuff at the very end, but we're going to cut right to the chase. I've already rambled enough. The first thing is you have nothing to prove to anyone or anything. Nothing. When it comes to your identity, you have nothing at all to prove to anyone or anything. And the way that you actually prove who you are, you, the way that you reveal who you truly are to other people is through your service. We'll come back to that. The second thing I want you to take out of this episode is that the feelings that we get from, from, from proving ourselves, successfully proving ourselves, are only temporary. And they don't really have a lasting effect. Um, and a lot of times when we put all of our focus on feeling um, it leads to a lot of confusion and instability. But of course, that may not make a lot of sense to you now. And maybe it did. That's great. But 
nonetheless, I'm going to break it all down. Like I said, we subliminally love to prove ourselves. I don't even know if we love it, but it's just like a thing that we do. We want to prove ourselves to others. I mean, think about it. Um, First impressions. You know, when you meet somebody for the first time, you want to prove to them that you're a cool person. You're a person that they could be around. You want to prove that to them. Um, Or maybe you're an athlete um, and you're... You know, you want to prove to your coach that you can start. You want to prove to your teammates that you can actually make a shot in a basketball game, whatever it is. Like we spend a lot of our lives trying to prove things to others. For me in particular, like I've said, you know, before, I think I've kind of grown in conceptualizing the things that I wanted to prove to other people. Basically, you want people to perceive you a certain way. So you have to do things in order to prove that you are that image. Right. For me, that image was. I labeled it that guy. I say that in parentheses. I mean, you know, like people say it like, oh, I'm that guy. I'm that dude. I'm that dude. Like that guy has been the image that I want everybody to, you know, perceive me as. Um, and it's and it's really been my why, my motive behind probably majority of the things that I've done in life to be perceived as that guy. So I'd have to prove myself to be that guy. And I'd prove myself by filling out, like I said, all the criteria on the list, um, criteria on the list. Um, and ultimately the reason why I, I've kind of brought this topic back up again is because I had, I had somebody ask me a question because they told me that, you know, in my lifetime, there's going to be a lot of people that I influence. And because of that, I need to ask myself who influences me. Um, of course, I have many positive influences, and I thank God for that. But I would say the strongest influence, the strongest influencer um, that I've encountered in my life has been the image of that guy. Because that guy has caused me to want to chase after all of what I can feel at that position. And that guy has caused me to do certain things, act certain ways, all in order to be perceived as that guy. Um, And it's sad because, I mean, what do we do in order to prove us? Let's talk about that. I mean, maybe you, you, you base who you are on your ability to accomplish a certain task, um, or you try to prove who you are on your win-loss record in anything, whether it be sports, whether it be relationships, whatever it might be, your win-loss record. Um, Or you may try to prove who you are based on who accepts you. And my warning to a lot of the people who turn to that list in order to prove who you are, you got to be very careful. Because ultimately, a lot of these things are out of your control. That's one. And even if they work in your favor, they're temporary. But we'll break all that down. We'll break all that down. I mean, I I could talk about the times when I was in basketball and like, you know, I've had people like, you know, give me pep talks. and Like, you got to go out there like it's a chip on your shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got something to prove. And it's just like, yeah, that's great. And it may be very motivational to some people. And by all means, like, if that's motivational to you, by all means, great job. But for me, that always just added more pressure on my back. Like, oh, like having a chip on my shoulder in life, in, excuse me, in sports, um, in in life, uh, in 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 grades, whatever it might be, like people telling me you have something to prove, you have a chip on your shoulder, it wouldn't make me perform any better. If anything, it would just add more pressure to me. Um, and I just I don't know, like 
I think it's not always healthy to live life with a chip on your shoulder, with something to prove. Um, when you do that with your identity, you end up making your identity based on certain stipulations that you're only you unless you prove to the world that you can do A, B, and C. And that's, I don't know, like, I, I, I can't sit with that. I can't sit with that. Um, and we look at the text, we look at the scripture, and I'm going to read it. And I read it, you know, back in episode nine too, um, Matthew chapter four. This is Matthew chapter four. We're going to start at verse three. Um, and this is when Jesus is trying to begin his ministry or he's beginning his ministry and he's tempted of the devil. And the devil aims right for Jesus's identity and just really pay attention to how he does it. And then we're going to break this down. Matthew chapter four, starting at verse three. Um, when the tempter, being Satan, came to him, being Jesus, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he, Jesus, answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. May God bless hearing and reading and the saying of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. In this passage, we see that Jesus refuses to comply with Satan. He refuses. He has great comebacks. A lot of times, you know, maybe you go to church and like you listen to the pastor preach on this. You've listened to somebody preach on this before. They talk about, um, you know, Jesus's responses. Um, and I'm doing a different angle than that. And even last time, um, even last time when I talked about this, I was talking about how, like, you know, Jesus was so confident. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm doing a little different angle than that. Um, Jesus refused to agree to follow those stipulations. He refused to agree. And I just started to think about, like, and, and I'll make this make sense in a second. When you base your identity on stipulations, your identity becomes unstable very much unstable. And I'll give you an example. Let's say that Jesus agreed to Satan, right? And let's say that Jesus did turn the stone into bread. Let's say that Jesus did jump off the cliff and lived, right? Not only did he just give in to Satan and do some stuff that he probably didn't need to do, but what he did unknowingly would be that now, according to Satan, whoever can turn stone into bread and jump off a cliff and survive is the son of God. Isn't that supposed to make sense, right? He said, if you're the son of God, you can turn this bread into stone. If you're the son of God, you can jump off this cliff. Angels are going to rescue you, all that stuff, right? Jesus says, if Jesus says yes, now who's to say, you know how rumors spread, who's to say that anybody who can jump off a cliff and live is the son of God? Or anybody who can turn stone into bread 
is a son of God. And I will mind you, I do believe in like dark spiritual realm where it's like magic. And like, I mean, we talk about when Moses threw the staff on the floor um, and like it turned to a serpent and then Pharaoh's magician said, oh, we can do that too, turn into a serpent. So who's to say that the next magician couldn't turn stone into bread? And we call him the son of God. Who's to say that the next magician or sorcerer or whatever couldn't just jump off a cliff and live? Let's call him the son of God. If you agree to the stipulations, win or lose, you're agreeing and saying that whoever is able to do this thing is me. Let me try to put it in, you know, terms of me. Like, so I'm I, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Emmanuel, and thank God I'm starting to get over this. If you can't get X amount of likes on you, you are Emmanuel if you can get X amount of likes on this Instagram post. Um, and you are Emmanuel if you can get uh X amount of people to love you, right? And I'm chasing after it. I'm chasing after it. I'm chasing after it. And I agree. And I say, okay, bet. I need to obtain those things and prove to the world and prove to myself that I am Emmanuel Heke. But then what happens to the next guy? Let's call him the next guy who comes and he gets the X amount of likes and he gets the X amount of people to like him. Is he now Emmanuel? That can't be. That can't be. Cause that's because he wouldn't be me. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, he he accomplished those things, but he wouldn't be me. So then it makes you think, okay, so it looks like those things that I'm chasing after don't necessarily prove me because I'm still me, even if I don't get it. And if somebody else gets it, they're still not me. So what am I chasing these things for again? Who am I trying to prove myself to again? What am I trying to prove again? Why am I using this to prove who I am again? What is the point? What's the point of it all? Stop giving in to the stipulations because they don't make sense. When you really scrutinize it, when you really scrutinize Satan in general, you realize that none of the stuff that comes out of his mouth makes sense. None of his ideas make sense. But he, he's, he just, he's an influencer. He's an influencer. Um, another passage I wanted to read is in Mark chapter 3. Um, and I was reading this. I really didn't like it. This verse really just jumped out at me. So I never seven, um, it says, but Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea and a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea and from Jerusalem and from it, ooh, Idumea, and from beyond Jordan and they about Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude when they had heard that great things he did came unto him. And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. For he had healed many insomuch that they pressed upon him for to, for to touch him as many as had plagues and unclean spirits, demons. When they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And he Jesus straightly charged them that they should not make him known. May God bless you and read understanding of his word. That's very interesting to me. So Jesus is out there. He's healing people. He's doing his Jesus thing, right? And then the demons he's casting out 
fall before him because you know every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that means evil and good fall before him and say you are the son of god and what does jesus do he doesn't say yeah i am jesus said shut up wait what like imagine that imagine you spend your whole life and this is not jesus but in our case we spend our whole life trying to prove who we are to to, to the entire world and then everybody exclaims or or just maybe you try to prove who you are to a certain person certain enemy right you're trying to prove that oh i can beat this person and the person finally says you have conquered me you are the ultimate champion you are a a conqueror are you going to tell the person to shut up you, no you're going to be like yeah i am hey you already know what it is but Jesus told the demon to shut up when the demon was telling the truth. You are the son of God. But it's as if Jesus didn't want anybody to hear that the demons were saying he was the son of God. Isn't that interesting? And I, and I when I was reading this, I was like, why in the world? I mean, because he's coming in and he doesn't he want people to know that he's the son of God. So why would he tell the demons to shut up when they're saying he's the son of God. I mean, isn't doesn't that make it sound like really real that demons are calling you the son of God? I mean, that sounds really, you know, like that's pretty convincing. I'd probably, you know what I'm saying? Jesus told him to shut up. And, and it just occurred to me, you know, I can't pinpoint a time in the Bible when Jesus did any type of miracle in order to prove to anybody that he was a son of God. He turned the water to wine. That was his first miracle that we see recorded. But it wasn't for people to say that you're the son of God. It was because they ran out of wine at the wedding. Um, he turned, you know, the blind, he made the blind see. That's because he was helping the people see. He had compassion and he loved them. Um, he raised Lazarus from the dead, um, but that was really to give glory to God and also because, you know, he liked Mary and Matter and Lazarus. Um, shoot, what else did he do? He uh, made the lame to walk. He 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 helped heal the woman with the issue. His his power healed the woman with the issue of blood. I mean, I'm I'm thinking to myself, I can't really think back to any place in the Bible where Jesus did a miracle to prove that he was a son of God. Every miracle that Jesus did that we see recorded while he was here on earth was to help someone, to help people. It makes you think. Jesus never felt like he had to prove himself. He just served. He just served. Serve so much. I mean, and, I, and I, if I can relate this back to why he told the demons to shut up, the reason why I believe he told the demons to shut up is because that it meant nothing. It means nothing that the demons would confess that he's the son of God. The demons could go to the next guy and try to trick somebody and say, oh, no, this is the son of God. Why would we listen to demons in what they say? It meant nothing that a demon would confess that Jesus is the son of God. Because Jesus is not the son of God because the demon said so. <laughs> Jesus is the son of God because he's the son of God. 
and he knows who he is. He didn't need a demon to affirm that for him. And it, it was so much not his business that he just continued to, to serve and to bless people. That's and that's like when we think about Jesus Christ, we're not talking about, oh, he remember when he did this big old miracle and he's a son of God because he did that and nobody else can do it. No, that's not. We don't talk about Jesus like that. We talk about Jesus because, wow, look at the compassion, the love that he has for all of us, the service that he has for all of us. That's why we know that he's the son of God, not because he did some miracle to prove that he's the son of God. He never did. So then why are we out here trying to do miracles to prove who we are? Jesus didn't have to. How much would we lose if we just served our purpose on this earth and let that do all the talking? Why do we keep on feeling that we need to prove ourselves to anybody? Why is it that after this message, you're still possibly going to go out and try to feel like you have to prove yourself to anybody? Why? I'll tell you why. Same reason why I've been feeling like I have to prove myself to all these different people. Really because of the feeling. The feeling. That guy, I talked about him. I asked myself, why why do I want people to perceive me as that guy? Why do I want to be that guy? Why? Is it so I can get all the glory and the praise? And I thought to myself, I I don't really even like when people give me too much praise and all that stuff. Because it's just like, I know it belongs to God. I don't really like it. Why? why? I don't know. I don't. And it makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm one of those people who feel a little uncomfortable with it. So I don't think it's the glory and the praise. Why in the world do I want to be that guy or perceived as that guy? I thought to myself, and thank God that, you know, God revealed it to me. The feeling. The feeling. The feeling you get of affirmation. The feeling, that affirming feeling. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because for me, I felt like I needed to be that guy in order to actually see myself as significant or special, uh, anywhere significant enough to actually do what God has been asking me to do. I have to feel like I'm that special. And I felt like I was that special when I felt like other people saw me as that guy. The feeling. I needed that feeling in order to feel like I am something. I, I'm significant. I'm good enough to be doing what God has called me to do. Feeling. And when I broke that down and realized that all of the decisions I made in order to be that guy was based on me just getting a feeling. Because, I mean, do understand. Let me back up. Do understand that there's a difference between feeling like that guy and being that guy. A lot of people can feel like that guy, but that doesn't mean everybody's being that guy. There's a difference between me feeling like myself and me actually being myself. I'll always be myself, but I can certainly not feel like myself. It's two different things. So then when you realize that, that I've been chasing the image, this image, only to feel, it makes you think like, wow, (laughs) what difference is this from just a a a fix like 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 I'm like I'm doing drugs just to feel 
temporarily just to feel. You're proving your, you're trying to prove yourself to everybody around you just to feel like you're something. What I'm trying to tell you is that you are something. And that ought to be something that you know. And stop looking to the things that you've accomplished to see if it's true. Just know those things did not make you. You're not who you are because of your grades. You're not who you are because of how many relationships you've been in. You're not who you are because of how many, how much attention you get on social media because there's somebody else who has all those things, but they're still not you. So what that tells us is that there's more to us than the the superficial things that we try to use to prove us. There's more to it. Stop chasing after that feeling and just know. You got to know before you feel. Know before you feel. Jesus knew. That's why he didn't need nobody to affirm him. Nor did he need to prove himself to anybody. And if he did follow those stipulations, man, we'd be calling anybody who turned stone into bread and jumped off a cliff and survived the son of God. How deceptive would that be? Thank God he did not give in to that. And you don't have to give in to it either. If you just believe and know who you are before you, irrespective of your feelings, because God created you who you are before you had any feelings. Your feelings are obsolete. They don't determine. They don't have to determine anything. You are who you are before you had those feelings. You are who you are before any of those stipulations existed in order to prove yourself. You are who you are before you, any of those people you're trying to prove yourself to existed. You are you. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, man, know, know it. You've been it before there was anything, before you existed, yo. You've been it. Stop trying to prove anything. You have nothing to prove, ladies and gentlemen. You just serve and let the serving do all the talking. Let let them watch how you serve. Let them watch how you maneuver. Let them watch you work in, in your purpose, and that will do all the talking. You don't got to worry about any of that stuff. You don't got to worry about a reputation. You don't got to worry about any type of image that they have for you. They will always come up with a different thing. There's always, like, I'm lit- like literally, <sighs> a lot of that stuff is out of your control. Focus on serving and just know who you are. No. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's move into confessions. Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, because we are a generation of people who know exactly who we are. And no longer are we going to live life feeling like we have to prove ourselves to everyone and everything because we know who we are. God, we're not going to follow a list of criteria we're not going to base our identity on stipulations that only confuse us. And even when we actually fulfill these stipulations, are only temporary, God. Help us to walk in confidence and sureness of ourselves, knowing exactly why we're here. God, we will not fall into, dece- <clears throat> into the deception of Satan. We will not fall into the deception of Satan, God. 
that's not for us. And for, for those of us who are in it right now, God, they shall come out in Jesus' name. They are free in Jesus' name. No longer are we going to walk the same, talk the same, behave the same, look at the world the same in Jesus' name. When we when we don't have anything to prove, shoot, we really don't have anything to lose. We just are, are able to be us. We're able to be free. And if doors close or if doors open, it really don't matter. It really don't matter, God, because if we're being us and we're walking in our purpose, God, then the doors that close needed to be closed and the doors that are open needed to be open. In Jesus' name, amen. I really I want to touch on that real quick because I think sometimes we don't want to be us because of the doors that we want open that are closed. Do understand something. Listen to what I'm about to say. When you are being yourself, your true self, you never have to regret the doors that close or open. Ever. When you're walking in God's purpose, you never have to regret the doors that close or open. That's direction. That's what that's called. Don't regret that. Don't resent that. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys have a wonderful week because I will have a wonderful week. Um, Stay positive. Stay focused. Stay knowing. Knowing exactly who you are. And let's get to it, man. We don't got time to waste. Let's be us. We've, we've locked ourselves up, you know, in, in the back of our closets and not wanting this to show it. Show not wanting to shown to people, always putting up a facade, trying to prove ourselves. It's about time that we let ourselves out. We stop binding ourselves. We free ourselves in order to actually live in this life, man. Live in our purpose. In Jesus' name, Amen. Y'all have a wonderful week. Peace.